In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good evening. No, good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm good. Excited for the show. It's, uh, it's what everyone's been talking about in Cleveland this week. Playoffs? Yeah. Jack, quick question. Is the playoffs possible? Well, Football Outsiders have given us a 1.2% chance of making the playoffs. That's up from 0.6% last week. So anything's possible. Let's go for it. Jack, I'm loving this positivity from you. Like, ever since Hugh's left, you're a changed man. Blame Hugh. <laughs> and guys, it is an honour to have Daryl Writer, beat writer, uh, 923 The Fan. Daryl, how are you, mate? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. So, first of all, Daryl. How did it come across, you uh, following uh, the Browns and uh, actually um, reporting on the Browns? Uh, I got into broadcasting when I was uh, just getting out of high school, when I was 19 years old, been in the business ever since, uh, came to Cleveland in 1998, and uh, some way, somehow, I've managed to stick. So uh, it's, it's been a fun ride. I covered the Cavs, covered the Indians, but uh, over the last 11 years or so, I've covered the Browns almost exclusively. Okay, great. You've got a great following in Cleveland. Um, a quick question is, what's the best story you've ever um, uh, broken? Well, uh, I would probably uh, say uh, the most recent is that Hugh Jackson was on the hot seat and about to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> I, got a, I, got, I got a lot of grief from a couple people within the building. Uh, uh, about that reporting, but uh, I was pretty confident what I was told, and uh, I was a week late. It wasn't after the Tampa Bay game that it was going to come. Uh, they waited an extra week and let them pick up an extra loss in Pittsburgh to keep that tradition of firing head coaches following losses to the Steelers alive and well. I believe we're on five and counting. Yeah, and I don't know if I can ask this question or not, and but you can tell me, Paul, you can't, I can't answer this, but how do the Browns get in contact with you, and what type of things do they say when you've got a story like that? Do they say... What? take it down it's not true or the, usually it's the the typical denial non-denial type thing uh which happens but i won't get into in, into too many details but uh you know uh opinions and uh, viewpoints get expressed uh, from both sides and um <laughs> uh we've run into situations it's been a tough couple of years no question about it with the with the team that's been on the field and the fact that they uh, up until recently had struggled to win on a consistent basis. And, uh, you know, there's never a dull story, never a dull moment with this franchise and team. Even when they're losing, they're a, a headline maker, 24-7, uh, 365. There's interest all over the world, as evidenced by me joining you uh, on your, on your, uh, your podcast here. Um, they are one of the most popular teams in, in, in the world globally. And uh, I really believe that if they can really get this thing turned around, that uh, it will be one of the great stories in sports history. Excellent. And uh, going into some questions for you. Um, I've booked a table and you can bring someone from the Browns organization and someone else 
that you want, who would you want sitting at that three table? Wow. Um, I would, I would probably, this, this answer will surprise you from the Browns. I probably go with Al Saunders. Al's in his early seventies. He's been around a long, long time. He's worked with a lot of people in the league, a lot of players in the league. He's got a, a vast wealth of knowledge. It easy. It'd be real easy for me to say that I, you know, I'd want to, you know, sit with John Dorsey or Jimmy Haslam or, you know, someone like that. But, uh, I, as far as the, the broadness of the conversation, I think that Al and I uh, could definitely touch on a lot of subjects. As far as the other person, I, you know, in sports, if it was someone in sports, it'd obviously be LeBron James. Uh, just, to ha- just to have that one-on-one time with him, with nobody else uh, in the conversation. It's just him and I uh, talking man-to-man. Uh, I would love to, to sit with him. If it's out of the sports world, that, that, that's kind of tough because, you know, the Pope comes to mind, uh, you know, uh, a former president would come to mind, you know, Barack Obama or uh, uh, Bill Clinton or uh, Jimmy Carter or George Bush, you know, so, someone of that ilk who has uh, led a country, has uh, gone through the international diplomacy and things like that. I think that they would be a very fascinating person to sit and have dinner with. Excellent. So, um, uh, Al's uh, English. Did you know that, Jack? I didn't. If I'm if I'm correct, I could be wrong, but uh, I. Th- yeah, I, I think I, I, I'm correct. Yeah, he was born in North London, I believe. If I'm and if quite... I'm correct, get googling here, Jack. Save me. Um, I got the trusty media guide right here. I'll tell you in a second. I believe his dad played for West Brom. I'm going to call it. If I'm correct, I could be so wrong. Born in London in 1947. Went to high school in the States, though. Um, Dad's famous football player. I remember that. Yeah, Ron Saunders played for Everton, Tunbridge Angels, Gillingham, Portsmouth, Watford, Charlton. Oh, no West Brom. managed West Brom. Yes, come on! He ever managed. Yeah, look at that. Stato, Jack, I've got your job. Yeah. And... um, Sorry, the show's not about uh, British guests, sorry. Um, <laughs> I just thought um, you picked the right guy. <laughs> thank you. And um, how close have you got to um, LeBron James in your career? Uh, I've, uh, you know, you really don't get a lot of one-on-one time with him unless you work for ESPN uh, uh, or a national platform. But uh, I uh, covered his first stint with the Cavaliers uh, from 2003 up into 2010, all those playoff runs. That's, I think, is when I really got the appreciation of just how difficult it is to win a championship, not just in the NBA, but in any sport, going through those playoff runs year in and year out and witnessing firsthand the grind uh, of trying to win a championship. And then, obviously, uh, when he made his return to Cleveland, covered him as well. I actually just saw him last week when he was in town the day before uh, Thanksgiving. I had a a front-row seat for uh, him putting away the Cavaliers in rather gentle fashion. It was a, a, a lot less hostile crowd at the, the Quicken Loans Arena. Uh, fans gave him uh, several standing ovations, uh, and uh, he took it easy on the Cavaliers. Only scored 32 points against them. <laughs> wow. In, in England, we hear about like front row seats. We can only dream about sitting in one of them seats. <laughs> well, I use that rather loosely. I think I was about 40 rows from the floor. Okay. <laughs> okay, thanks for clearing that up. I can imagine like going through the photos and seeing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, excellent. Uh, last question for me: What film 
would you say best describes the Brown season so far? Oh, this one's an easy one. Return of the Jedi. Oh, nice. The evil Sith Lords have all been vanquished and things are looking up for the Cleveland Browns. I think that they're, the arrow is pointing up and I think that the team is on its way back. Well, I know Cleveland loves making t-shirts. That is a yes, t-shirt. We need, that's a t-shirt we need to get made up quickly. Return of the Cleveland Browns. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Jack, I know you're super excited about this. This is um, your idea, so I'm giving it over to you, mate. Well, everyone's been excited that the playoffs could happen, and no one's really taken the time to look at how does that happen and what luck do we need to balance in our favour to make that happen. So now we're going to go through it and we're going to see what happens. Um, so we're going to do some predictions. You ready for that, Daryl? Um, sure, why not? So... Browns, we've got five games left. Let's start with that. Where do we think our record can be at? Any of them five games, do you think it's guaranteed wins, guaranteed losses, or that area in between? Well, there's no such thing as a guaranteed win, uh, not in the NFL, uh, and especially if you're the Cleveland Browns. Um, that's first and foremost. Uh, as far as playoffs go, the only way the Browns can make it is if they win all five games. And I just, I don't see that happening. The, the, the competition is, is too tough. That, I do think that they'll win one or two more games. The season is already a success. Uh, in my opinion, they crossed everything off the bucket list. All the negative losing streaks have ended. They're over. Um, you know, the, the overall win, the streak is ended. The road losing streak is ended. The Sunday losing streak, which was, was the longest of them all has been ended. Um, they're two, one and one within the division. They've never been that good against AFC North opponents yet. And they still got the, a chance to sweep both the Bengals and the Ravens. And I think both of those things are very, very possible. I don't think it's going to happen, but it, but it's possible. We can sit here and, and, and talk about the Browns legitimately having chances to win football games, which is a, a departure. You know, we're, com we we're complaining yesterday that the Browns only won by 15 points instead of crying that they lost by 15 points. And that in and of itself is progress. And we're nitpicking about how many points the Browns win a football game by. So I, I, to the target that I set for the Browns right now, uh, since they're at four wins, I'm going to set the bar a little higher. If they can avoid – the double-digit losses, and if they can finish six, nine, and one, that to me will be a tremendous season for them. Um, so uh, they need to win two of these final five games. Again, I think it's doable, uh, but uh, nothing is guaranteed. Okay, Paul, uh, what, what do you think? Last last five games, where do you think we go? Well, I've got to keep consistent because my fans keep saying you need to be more consistent. So I'm going to go with four wins. And I don't think we're going to beat the um, Houston on the weekend. So I think we're going to lose that game and then win the last four. Okay. I, I think we'll probably um, beat the Texans but lose to the Panthers if we're going to lose one. But let's go with the idea that we finish 8-7-1, having lost one of them first two games. Is it going to be enough? Um, let's just see where it takes us within the division. So... The Steelers, currently 7-3-1. They've got the Chargers at the Raiders, the Patriots at the Saints, and the Bengals. Um, I'm going to say they beat the Raiders and the Bengals. Everyone pretty much in agreement there? 
Yeah, I, I think that the, the wins uh, for the Browns are probably going to come within the division. The Bengals are a mess right now. They just lost Andy Dalton for the year. Uh, that happened Sunday uh, in the third quarter on that uh, fumble bad snap. That, uh, so I, I think that that's, that's a win. And the Browns are still motivated. They, they want to take it to Hugh Jackson and sweep him after going to Cincinnati. So I'm going to say that's going to be a win. Uh, I think that, you know, either the finale against Baltimore, because that's probably going to be John Harbaugh's last game with the Ravens, and I don't think that the Ravens are going to make the playoffs, which means four straight years they don't make the playoffs, which means he's probably getting fired. Um, uh, because the standard in Baltimore is a little higher than Cleveland. If you don't make the playoffs in Baltimore, that's very bad. In Cleveland, if you can just win one or two games, you're getting a statue erected and a contract extension. So, um, you know, I, 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 I really think that Carolina, them falling apart, that game all of a sudden becomes a lot more winnable than it was three weeks ago. Denver, I don't think that's going to be a win. It's, it's prime time. It's a Saturday, short week. Got to go to Denver, mile high. I don't know that the Browns are going to win that football game. I certainly don't think they're going to go to Houston this week and beat the Texans. However, the stars are aligning for the Browns a little bit here. Uh, the Texans won an emotional game la uh, last night uh, against the Titans and remembering their late owner, Bob McNair, who just recently passed away. Uh, the Browns get him on a short week. Uh, so um, you never say never. I do think that the Texans are a superior team, but I, I, that's why I say six, nine, and one is my target to finish because I really believe the Browns have two more wins in them before this season is over. No worries. So within the division, Steelers, could you see them losing to the Chargers, Patriots, and at the Saints? Well, I think Pittsburgh's going to win the division. The, the division race, in my opinion, is over. Uh, I think they finished with 10 wins, which means they're, at, I think, 10, five, and one. Uh, to end the year, um, I believe that they will be the team that will probably have to play on wild card weekend. They'll have to be the division winner that is going to have to play all three games if they're going to get to the Super Bowl, which is probably means that they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl. They're going to win the division. The wild card is not going to come from the AFC North because I have the Ravens finish 8-8, eight, eight, and I got the Cincinnati Bengals finishing 6-10, and 10, which means – the new item that I've put on the bucket list this year, because all, everything that I wrote before the season as far as what they needed to accomplish has been accomplished with five weeks to go. And by the way, I admit, did not see that coming. So that I'm going to put one more thing on the bucket list to make this season a success. Do not finish in last place. And I have the Cleveland Browns finishing in third place. I have the Bengals finishing in the basement now. Well, there's a world exclusive from Daryl. Thanks a lot, Daryl. And I must say, I do love your bucket list uh, uh, tweet. That's awesome tweet. Uh, with all the green little ticks going down. So, uh, yeah, it was good to see. We got to add another one to the list. So, uh, don't finish in last place. And maybe we'll add two. Don't finish in last place and don't lose 10 games. And if you do those two things, not only would it be a successful season for the Cleveland Browns, it'll be an exceptional season and an exceptional step forward for them. Uh, is they uh, position themselves for a very busy offseason to really add some depth to this roster now. Uh, and I really think they set themselves up for a very fun 2019 season where we're going to be sitting here uh, legitimately talking about whether or not the Cleveland Browns can make the playoffs. Okay, I, I, I'm going to be a little bit more bold. I, I reckon seconds in grasp here. I think the Steelers probably end up 9-6-1. I think they lose to the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Saints. I think those three teams are on fire at the moment. The Ravens, I think the Falcons, despite being dodgy, 
come back together. Um, the Chiefs are obviously who, who's going to bet against the Chiefs. The Bucks and the Chargers. I could see the Ravens not winning any of their next five and having a real stinker. I think they might get one uh, result out of maybe the Falcons and the Bucks to go um, seven and nine. And then if you're the Bengals, they beat the Raiders. Um, but I can't see anything much better than that happening for them guys, um, especially with Driscoll in at quarterback. So I could easily see seven and nine, um, six and uh, what would that be? Um, um, six and ten for the Bengals. If we can win four of these last games, we might sneak into second spot there. What do you say, Paul? Can we do it? But would that be enough for the second wildlife wild card position? We'll get to that in a second. We're just oh, looking at the sorry. division now. Second in the division. Do you believe, Mate, of course. Paul? Mate, do you think I'm not going to say I don't believe? Of course I believe. <laughs> that 1%, <clears throat> what's the percent? We've got the games, we can win them. In football, anything can happen. Anything. Until it's mathematically impossible, I'm believing. So... The three teams have locked up their divisions um, in the other divisions. Um, Patriots are going to win the East. I think Texans will win the South. There is a chance that they might miss out to the Colts, but for the time being, we'll say they're there. Um, the Chiefs are favourites to win the West, and I think the Chargers have got that uh, wildcard spot locked up. So that puts us four teams between us and that second wildcard spot, if we were to run the table, let's go. Prediction time. The six and five Colts, Jaguars. I reckon, can they beat the Jaguars? I'm not convinced. What do you guys think? Uh, I'm going with Jacksonville in that game. Is that because Kessler's the uh, callback? Yes, trust me. It's another exclusive. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm well up for that. I, I, I think it'll actually improve their game. I just don't know if it's too quick bringing in um, straight away. I think the Texans then beat the Colts, even though for me, the Colts are this sort of, if they were going to be a shock team to win the Super Bowl, I wouldn't rule them out with that O-line. Um, Cowboys. Cowboys versus Colts. Cowboys. Dallas. So, wow, the Colts could be on a losing streak. Giants, um, everyone's beating the Giants. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to have anyone back the Giants for a win. And the Titans. Titans, Colts, week 17. Who do you reckon? I'd probably go Colts. So that potentially, if they win the Giants and the Titans, they finish 7-9. and nine. Seven nine, no, eight, eight and eight. eight, eight and eight. I've had a mare there. I can't do math. So eight and eight. If we win four of the five, that's got us beating the Colts. So next team up, the Dolphins, Dolphins Bills. Can anyone win that game, or can they both lose? I'll let Daryl go first on this one. Uh, sorry, I was just checking my phone. We, uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, what game we, what, what game we predicting? Uh, Dolphins, Bills Dolphins. Bills. Uh, I'm going to go Dolphins. The Bills are a dumpster fire. Yeah, Dolphins, Pats. Oh, man, Pats. 
Yeah, Pats. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not picking against New England. Uh, Vikings should beat the Dolphins. Yeah, I would reckon that that's, uh, that's a pretty safe bet. So, Jaguars, Dolphins. That's an interesting one. Kessler. Kessler. <laughs> the love for him is fantastic. I love it. Um, and the Bills again. So, that's a loss. So, that's a prediction for them to lose... All uh, they, sorry, beat the Bills twice. twice. So that's uh, seven and nine. So we're looking good, guys. Two out of the four done. We're still on strong. The Broncos. Broncos versus Bengals. I guess we're going Broncos. Yeah. Um, 49ers versus the Broncos. Broncos should win that. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I think Denver, the, coming off that win over Pittsburgh was really, really impressive. Uh, you know, I think that they're a team on the rise here down the stretch. They're like the Browns, you know, they're, 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 their arrow is pointing up right now. So I, I would agree with that. Um, they'll easily beat the Raiders and the Chargers versus Broncos. I'm a lover of things Chargers this season. I think they're doing well. Chargers should beat the Broncos. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would, they're of, I would say that Los Angeles team, both Los Angeles teams are, are pretty good, but I would say that they're a little more complete than the Rams are just because I think the Rams defensively aren't completely there. And I say that even knowing that they've got Mr. Donald uh, on the front there, uh, I go back to that chiefs game. You give up 50 points in a game, your, your defense isn't, get, isn't getting it done. And I don't see the Chargers as a team that's going to give up 50 points in a football game. So uh, I, I really like uh, both of those Los Angeles teams, though, uh, to make their presence felt come January in the playoffs. So that's three wins there for the Broncos. That's eight and eight. So still in with a very slight chance of 14. One thing I'll say, Jack, is that I feel like the, uh, the Broncos against the 49ers, the Broncos are going to win. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I've gone down as beating the Bengals, the 49ers, and the Raiders. Um, okay, cool. So, I, I think they're a solid team. The Titans, which, after some questionable start of the season, I was really pumping for Mariota the start of the year, and then he disappeared, but he's finally back. So, <laughs> Titans versus Jets. Titans. They, it's the Jets. I mean, come on. <laughs> I've I agree with that. I just I wanted to throw it out there to get some collective feedback. Both te- both teams in the Big Apple are big duds this year. Uh, the, uh, I I love it. I've got money on with a uh, mate who's a Giants fan, so I've got twenty five pound coming my way. Uh, the Browns were always going to have a better record. Poor Pat Shermer. <laughs> they took a running back number two. They deserve everything that's coming to them. <laughs> um, Jaguars, Jaguars, Titans. Is is the Kessler loving still going strong? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Sashi. Oh, you can say that as many times as you like on this show. Giants versus <laughs> Titans. Um, that, that, that's another Titans win because, yeah, nothing's good in the Big Apple. And the Redskins Titans with Alex Smith out. Guess Titans. Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a pretty fair pick. So, just potentially looking at that, we've got the hunt on for the four other teams sort of in the hunt for that second wild card. We've got the Dolphins finishing seven and nine, and then the Colts, Broncos, and Titans, eight and eight. 
So if we manage to win either the Texans or the Panthers game and then win the last three. And wish upon a star. And <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say. Light, light a bunch of church candles. <laughs> that, that's playoffs, baby. And uh, it's, while it's unlikely, it's, it's not impossible. Which... It's not. They're, they're mathematically alive. We are, uh, we are uh, entering the month of December with the Cleveland Browns mathematically alive for the playoffs for the first time in about three to four years. So, yes, they're mathematically alive. In reality, though, they have to win out. I don't think they can afford to lose a football game. Uh, eight losses is not, in my opinion, with the way this AFC is going, eight losses doesn't get you into the playoffs, and plus a tie. So seven, eight, and one is not going to get you there. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, so, it, it, you know, even they're right now, they're what, four, six, and one? One more loss, it, 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 a seventh loss, I think, has the potential to be uh, eliminating, an eliminating type loss. They, if they, I'll say this, and, and I said this last, uh, earlier this week on uh, my station. If the Browns beat the Houston Texans and if they beat the Carolina Panthers to get to 6-6-1, six, six and one, then I'll be happy to have any conversation about playoffs because that means they're no longer in last place in the division and they're back to 500 as a football team in the month of December. Then I think you can really get serious about having that conversation. I mean, it's great for you guys as fans to, to talk about it and try and you know, work through the scenarios of all the miracles that have to happen before Christmas for this to really come to fruition. But just objectively looking at the big picture, looking at that situation, I just I think right now it's premature considering what's in front of them on Sunday and the, the road ahead. Like I said, fun for you guys to talk about, and it's great. It certainly beats you guys sitting here asking me what quarterback are they going to draft? <laughs> well, you know, are they picking one, two, or three in the draft this year? You know, so it, it beats that, but I just – I look at it objectively and just see that the mountain is really, really super steep. But I'll grant you, again, if they beat the Texans, if they beat the Panthers, and they're 6-6-1 six, six and one, – I'll entertain any conversation about playoff talk at that time because that means they're out of last place. I just I can't talk about playoffs about it with the team that, for as excited as everybody is about the Browns, the reality is they're still in last place in their division. And, 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 and so, to me, they got to get out of that cellar first. And I don't see a wild card coming out of this AFC North. The division is uh, not nearly as strong uh, as it's been in years past. Well, I'm just going to finish this off, Jack, by saying – I love this new approach from you, Jack, this positivity. It's like, it's amazing. And uh, it's nice to have Daryl on the show to bring us down to reality because it's normally you doing that. So uh, it's great. But uh, Daryl, um, I've got a question for you. Uh, you're watching the game on Sunday. Where were you watching it? Well, I was, I was in Cincinnati in the press box. Um, it was probably the, the, the most entertaining half of football that I've watched the Browns play in about a decade. Okay, excellent. Yeah, it was, uh, it was amazing. And uh, over the last uh, few days, we've had all the highlights. But what are the, like, that second tier of positivity that, uh, that you've noticed in the game? So forgetting all the uh, Chubb, uh, Baker Mayfield, all them great moments. But anything that you took from the game that may not have been uh, reported so far? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a couple of things. One, you know, obviously the fact that 
for all the talk leading up to the game in the locker room about how the game wasn't personal for the players, the, the whole Hugh Jackson storyline, it wasn't that big of a deal. We in the media were making a lot of it, and, and that turns out it really was personal. And as evidenced by Demarius Randall handing Hugh Jackson the football, uh, I talked to Jabril Peppers in the locker room after the game because uh, I wanted to know what happened between him and Hugh before the game because they seemed to have a little bit of an exchange. And he, he, uh, he said that Hugh was kind of playing peacekeeper because everybody was running their mouths back and forth, including Jabril. And Hugh was basically telling him to, you know, go on your end of the field and just, you know, uh, handle your business to which he told Hugh, don't worry, I'll do my talking this afternoon with my pads. And that's exactly what Jabril Peppers and the rest of the Cleveland Browns ended up doing. But um, it really was personal, though, to players. That, that was one storyline that was not a media fabrication. Um, the other thing, you know, I, I think David Njoku, uh, you know, uh, played really, really well. Um, but the, the underlying current with everything that's going on with, you know, Baker Mayfield and the, the, the talk about the coaching search and you guys talking about playoffs and what it's going to take to get, it's just to me, the story here is that this franchise is going to enter the month in December not in disarray for the first time in years. Um, they already had their December in Berea. Hugh Jackson's been fired. Todd Haley's been fired. That came in October. Christmas came early for the Cleveland Browns. Um, now it's all about finishing this season strong, watching Baker Mayfield progress, watching this offense come together. Greg Robinson seems to have resurrected his career a little bit at left tackle. Um, so to me, that's the story here is that this, this team is, this franchise is no longer in disarray. They all seem to have a singular focus and purpose. Now, nobody's kissing the owner's backside. Uh, nobody's throwing anybody under the bus. Everybody's playing and coaching for jobs next year. And it's yielding positive results on the football field. So that to me is the biggest story surrounding the Cleveland Browns right now is that holy Toledo, they finally have their you-know-what together as they enter the month of December. Thanks, Dale. That's uh, awesome to hear from you. And uh, I've got one quick question. I know time's kicking in. Um, if we had one draft pick um, next year, who, what position would you think we need to go first? So round, yeah, the draft round one, who do you think we should, Browns should go with with that pick? Positional. Yeah, I mean, they, they need a couple of things. Um, I would probably prioritize another receiver. And I know the Browns have had really, really bad luck drafting receivers. Um, they, they've not had a lot of success in that department. But if there's somebody that's going to find him, it's going to be John Dorsey and, and his, in his scouting department. I really believe in these guys that, these, that, that they're going to be – like, that's why I feel so optimistic about the Browns is they finally have a front office that appears to know what the hell they're doing. Um, and they know how to find talent and, and players that can play the sport at the level that's actually required. Uh, and they believe what they see on tape. They believe in the homework that in the scouting reports that they do. So John Dorsey, Alonzo Highsmith, Elliot Wolf, Andrew Berry, Ken Kovash, they finally have guys working together that can find players. That's half the battle. They got to figure the coach thing out. They've got the quarterback figured out. They need a receiver. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Depend, it, you know, it depends where the pick lands. I think that they're going to be in the teens uh, uh, as far as the draft pick goes. Offensive line wouldn't surprise me if they, if they maybe try and get themselves their next left tackle. 
Um, they definitely need uh, another linebacker with Jamie. I don't think Jamie Collins is going to be back next year. I think that they're going to move on from him. So you have to replace him. And then let's not forget, and I realize they spent a first-round pick on Denzel Ward this year. You can never have enough cornerbacks in the National Football League. With the way the game is officiated, I could definitely see uh, the Browns going with a corner early in the draft in the first or second round. But those, to me, are the four key positions. Receiver, offensive line, linebacker, and corner. Excellent. Last question from myself. What is, Daryl, your very, 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 something a bit crazy, hot take for the Browns for the rest of the season? Well, I don't know that this is a, necessarily a hot take. We talked about it earlier. They're not going to finish in last place. So I, I think that that's going to be our mini parade this year is that finally the Cleveland Browns do not finish in the basement of their division for like the first time, I think, since 2014 when they finished 7-9. and nine. I don't think that they finished in last place that year. So they won't finish in last place. It'll only be the fifth time since coming back into the league, 1999, that the Browns don't finish in last place. So that's a huge accomplishment. I think that's going to happen. And next year, the football season, weeks 1 through 17, are going to be a thousand times more fulfilling, entertaining, and compelling for Browns fans than the freaking NFL draft, which it's been for the last 19 years. Daryl, we want you on the show every week. You're amazing. (laughs) Daryl, where can we find your um, details? Uh, you can find me on uh, social media at Writer Wrong Fan. That's spelled R U I T E R W R O N G Fan at the end of it. Uh, I'm on Instagram, just Writer Wrong. Uh, so, uh, and also at 923thefans.com. That's where you can find all my articles. Daryl, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. No. This change coming. This change coming.